Good morning and welcome back to the Horizon Podcast Series. And I hope you enjoyed that three-part episode uh, we just wrapped up with uh, Mr. Tim Ward joining us here in the studio talking about the toxicity of excuses. And uh, as I said, the entertainment and jokes were free. We won't charge for those. Um, but it was an absolute pleasure having him here. And, and you know, as I've talked about in the podcast, Tim's been a great mentor of mine and really has helped me over the years, holding me accountable to, um, you know, really doing the things that I said I was going to do. So for sure, we're going to have him back on in the future. And as this podcast grows, um, my goal is to bring on more speakers from different backgrounds and different uh, industries and organizations because I think that's one of the beautiful things about leadership is it's not a one background fits all. I mean, there's the there's beauty and diversity among leaders. So um, make sure to share this podcast with everybody you can, with your teams, with your boss, with whoever you think you know could benefit from you know expanding their leadership and really challenging the status quo of what they're doing. And with that, we're going to get started on today's topic. And today is all about the power of being happy. And right now in 2022, uh, that's kind of a tough subject to talk about. There are a lot of great things that are happening in this world. But unfortunately, you know, negativity brings better ratings. You know, we all like the, uh, uh, the sympathy card or, you know, the feeling sorry, which does help some stories. And, and there needs to be attention on those stories. And, and I'm not taking that away whatsoever. But when I think in terms of leadership, um, too often does the negative side get brought out or focused on. You know, I think with the amount of stress that people are going through in 2022 in the last three years with COVID and uh, supply chain issues and uh, inflation and the gas prices, People are really getting stressed. Money is starting to get tight for some families and, and some businesses. And when that starts to happen, that process of you know negativity and you know doubt and uh, kind of referring back to our last episode, some excuses start to get made. But I really wanted to take you know that thought and try to make it a positive and, and put a spin on it today. And I thought a great subject would be the power of being happy, and especially being happy as a leader. You know, one thing I always share with everybody uh, who I meet and talk to is, you know, if you wake up in the morning, you should be happy. (laughs) A lot of people don't wake up in this world. A lot of people don't. And I've always been passionate about that message because if you can plant your feet on your floor and you're getting ready to go do something, then you should be happy. Because I promise there's always somebody out there that has a tougher struggle or a tougher story that's being told, right? And sometimes in leadership, when we go to the office, we tend to to carry that baggage, you know? So I always like to give the example, imagine, you know, you're carrying a backpack or you're hauling a bag and um, you start to put life struggles in it, okay? So, you know, maybe issues with the kids, we're going to put that struggle in the bag, Uh, Gas prices are crazy and and you're getting tight on money filling up your car. So you're going to put that struggle in the bag. Maybe you're having some issues at home with the relationship because, you know, work's expecting too much and you're really trying to balance family life and work life. So you're going to put that issue in the bag. You know, maybe you're not getting along with your boss and you feel like when you get to work, you got a target on your back. So you're going to put that issue in the bag. And as you continue to put the issues in your bag when you're in a leadership position, position, A lot of times, unfortunately, it's your team 
that gets the brunt when that bag breaks. They get all the uh, uh, frustration and, and anger that comes out when you're ready to snap, <laughs> when you reach your breaking point. And human beings are designed to be tested and designed to have breaking points, right? That's how we figure out our boundaries. You know, back when I was uh, weightlifting, you know, I had a lot of good coaches over the years help me out with powerlifting. And, you know, one of the things I learned from them was you can't really say what you're uncomfortable with weight-wise until you failed. You don't really know how much you can lift until you can't lift it. And that's where you set your boundaries. So I think in leadership, it's really important to know how much you can take and then break. Those breaking points are okay to have. They're okay to embrace. It's all about how you take the next five steps to build upon that. You know, one of the things that um, worked for me when I had leaders who were upset or, or having those breaking points was I would try to embrace them with the power of being happy. There's got to be something in your life that you're happy about. There's got to be something that you can be positive about to your teams. And if you're always that negative leader and, and cascading that negativity across your teams, you know, and you're not giving high fives and you're not taking moments to celebrate and recognize your team, I'm telling you, you're not going to last long because eventually you start to know in your head, I could be doing more to, to be a better leader. I could be doing more to, to be a positive leader. But sometimes that change that we have to make as an individual is extremely hard. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to get feedback about yourself. You know, I actually uh, was on a call with Tim yesterday and, and he brought up a really good point to me. You know, he said, Dustin, everybody loves giving feedback, but not a lot of people like receiving feedback. And that's a very true statement. Um, a lot of people will feel comfortable giving feedback or, you know, a form of feedback. But when it comes to, to taking it, not a lot of people ask for it, at least in the correct fashion. You know, a lot of times we start to hear that feedback and, you know, well, that's not right. Or, well, you misunderstood that perception. It's not really what I meant. And then we get defensive, right? That's normal. That's human nature. We are designed to be defense mechanism uh, individuals. But the power of being happy as a leader is, is something that is a art and craft that takes time to create that positive energy. And so I was looking through um, some old articles that you know I, I used to carry with me that would kind of help me uh, teach some lessons and moments to my leadership teams. And I wrote those stats down years ago, and I actually had to dig them up, and I, and I found a, a couple of them I wanted to share. And then I also did some research uh, with the current times to figure out and see, you know, did, did the stats change from back then to now? And so one of the old facts I had was as technology grew back in the uh, early 2000s and, and mid-2000s, you know, 67% of employees started to report that they would prefer emails and instant messaging. And I thought that was kind of a powerful statement back then because it wasn't really, um, you know, the height of technology, we'll say it was uh, really starting to develop Teams and, and Google Meetings and all these platforms. But if people started to feel more comfortable with, with emails and instant messaging versus face-to-face -face conversations. You know, I think... Um, you know, tying that into the power of being happy, 
I think sometimes people are afraid to actually go show their emotions or deliver that message because they're afraid of how it's going to be received. But you can kind of be that, you know, I don't want to say keyboard hero, but you can really put some power into words in your emails and in your instant messages and not really have to worry about that face-to-face interaction, right? So I think a lesson to take away there, just a key point, in every email you send, in every instant message and text to your teams or memos that you send out to your teams from your position, you got to read it in a positive way. And what I mean when you read it in a positive way, type out that email, type out that message and read it back to yourself and put yourself in the positions of your teams. If I were to read this, am I going to feel negative after reading this or am I going to feel positive after reading this? There are a time there is a time and place to give those type of messages and those type of emails. But more than likely those are face-to-face conversations you need to have. You know, I had a rule of thumb when I sent out emails and I was guilty of this. I I used to send out some really harsh emails and just take all my frustrations and unload it into that keyboard. And I started to realize that wasn't productive. That was just a venting session for me. As a matter of fact, you know, when I cooled down and went back and read the emails, that my team read, there was nothing productive about it. There's nothing they gained. There was no value from that email. The only thing they gained was that, great, the boss thinks we suck. And that left me with, you know, some eye-opening lessons, you know, eye-opening experiences that I took away. You know, another statistic I found is when employees are happy, okay, when, when they are engaged with their job and, and their career, on average, they're likely to take 10 less sick days a year than those who are not engaged. So when you think about happy employees, right? You know, we'll go back to that email example. When I sent out that email and it may, it didn't, it, you know, it, it, it ticked some people off. It, it really made them upset. How often and careless was I to think, okay, they may call off the next day. And if they did call off, I was too naive to think, well, okay, it couldn't have been me. It couldn't have been anything I said. But really, as I thought more and more over the years, okay, if my boss isn't happy with my work and they think that I'm not providing the value I need to add, why bother showing up, right? And take it a step further, not with just your direct leaders that report to you. Think about the the amount of employees, you know, in your building, in your company, in your organization. If you send out a memo that's not received very well, look at your call-off rate after that. You know, I would probably peg that there's going to be a correlation or a similarity in those next couple of weeks, the amount of people that call off. So you got to be very careful with how you word your messages because there are consequences to that. You know, when I think about employees taking 10 less sick days, you know, that's a lot of productivity that equates to revenue, equates to, you know, profits coming in, equates to expanding your business. I used to tell my team I was the, the least important person in the whole building. Because if, if I stepped out on a street and got hit by a car and unfortunately ended up you know not being able to come to work that day, um, the business moved on. It functioned. Whether I was there or not, it functioned because I was just one person. But I used to tell my team, you know, when all of you don't show up, that's when we get in trouble because you matter the most. You're the individuals that are actually making the, the strides that the company is is performing those those success measures that's you that's not me my job is just to try to help guide you along the way so we can hit those metrics 
but you're the ones doing all the work. It's all you. You matter the most. And if you're not telling your teams that or giving that type of praise or message, you got to start now. You have to start, which kind of ties into the next point I found. And these are more of the uh, current bullet points. In 2021, 79% of employees ranked company culture as a top priority. And this was in the top two. So if you think about all the things that, that employees could you know, care about, pay, benefits, time off, um, you know, remote versus in, uh, in-house work, um, you know, uh, benefits packages. What are the, what are the things that are going to entice me to work for you? Company culture was number two in the, in the top two reasons. And obviously the first one was, was pay benefits, which normally is there. Um, but when I think about company culture as being a top priority, that's that's a great signal to leaders to let you know that the teams that you're hiring and the work that they're doing, they want to know it's for a purpose. They want to know that uh, what they're supplying to the world and and what they're adding value to to the company's mission. You know, what's the culture like? What culture are we creating in the work that we do? And if you have people who are not passionate about that culture, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Because they may, you know, take shortcuts on a project or they may take time to skip over some fine details versus that person that's that's fully in, right? They're locked in. They're embracing what the company's doing. They believe in the culture. They love the culture. They're going to take time to, to work out those small details and, and figure things out to make sure that when that finished product goes out, it's beautiful. It's ready to go. So let that be a lesson to everybody listening, especially if you're struggling with some hiring you know, look at the culture of your business. What's your mission statement as a company? What's your mission statement in your leadership? What is it that you're standing for and is your team standing behind it? And if they're not, you have some work to do to revamp that. You have to. It's just so important. And uh, the last statistic, you know, I wanted to tie into millennials. Um, you know, everybody says the millennial generation is impossible to work with and, and impossible to hire. Um you know, and I would disagree with that. I really would. You know, I think Simon Sinek said it the best. Um, they're misunderstood. You know, leaders aren't taking time to understand why their thought process is so different when it comes to, you know, work. And one of the main reasons why is probably that leader didn't have the technology that, that these young individuals have now. I mean, when you think about the amount of information you had to learn, we'll say in the uh, quote unquote old days, you may have had to go to a library to, to look up that information. Nowadays, you just jump on your phone and, and plug into the internet and you have that information you need. It's right then and there at the fingertips. So I think there's a lot of value in millennials. We just have to take time to understand how it is they work. We have to figure out what motivates them. And I'll tell you, one of their top three answers in a poll that was done in 2021 was going back to the company culture. Millennials are much more passionate about what they believe in and what they're doing. So if you're struggling to hire and all you're getting is millennials that are applying to your applications, stop rejecting them or stop passing them by. Figure out if they can fit into the company culture. Are they passionate about what it is you're after? And I promise you, they'll find a way to get the work done quicker than some of your other employees, right? They're great with technology embrace it. Don't fear it. Don't feel like you're going to be any less of a, you know, authority figure because they may know more than you. In fact, it'll probably make your job easier. 
and promote them. Don't keep them under you. Promote them. If they do a good job, promote them. Figure out how to get them in front of more people. That's how you really start to grow your business with, with millennials working at in that in that space for you. So, you know, one of the uh, topics I found when I was putting this episode together um, was the uh, a poll that was done in 2021. And, and the topic was, you know, are you happy? And so they did a poll and it was about 500 employees across, you know, many different segments and, and industries. And 79% of the, out of those 500 employees reported they would be happy if these three things were uh, involved more in their culture or in their company or uh, business, whatever you want to want to say. The first one was a great team spirit. 79% of those employees said they would be happier at work if there was a greater team spirit. You know, and, and negativity breeds negativity, right? When somebody doesn't pull their weight, that just breeds a culture of negativity and, and just a really bad environment, right? Everybody wants to know that that when we do a project, we're all in it together. The second one was feeling valued. People wanted to know that the work they did was being valued. They wanted to know when they took a project to the boss, you know, hey, this is something that's great. This is outstanding work. You know, thank you for, for doing this for me. Employees feel valued, right? They want to feel valued in everything they do. And then the last one was just peer accountability. And that's a really tough one because we all want to know when that peer doesn't pull their weight. You know, are they getting talked to or are they getting a conversation? So peer accountability ranked right up there with those three. And I thought that was an extremely um, good call out because when it comes to the power of happiness, if you know you're putting in more work and your peers aren't getting held accountable for the work they're not doing, but you both are making the same pay, you're not going to be very happy. In fact, you're going to start to get disgruntled and eventually over time, that individual who was happy in the work they did will start to become the negative employee and then they're unhappy and that only spirals spirals from there. So it's extremely important to make sure you keep a pulse on your team and everything that's going on. And so as a wrap up today, you know, I hope the information was shared today. You know, there really is power in being happy. You got to be happy as a leader. You have to find those things that are, you know, positives in your life. You can't focus on the negatives. Whether you're having a bad day or not, your team should never know, ever. Unless it's an individual conversation you need to have about performance. Other than that, you have to broadcast happiness on your team. So think about those statistics we talked about today. Think about those, those examples and situations. And I hope that you know you take away a couple keynotes from, from today's podcast and episode about the power of being happy.